It's time to go one-on-one with DP. Coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios, here is your host, Derek Pearson. Presented by Beatrice Bakery on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome to one-on-one 402-464-5685. Charter Hemming text line. Hit me with a what's up, DP. Hit me with a what's up, Rico. So uh, you let him know you're thinking about him. He's having a tough morning, you know. Uh, you can follow the live video stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, brought to you by Sarter Heyman. You can call the Honda Lincoln Hotline. The phone lines are open. Hit me with a what's up, DP. If you got something you want to say, get it off your, your chest. Do you have something you want to share, something you want to put in the uh, in the vacuum. Um, yesterday was a day we, we did uh, some stuff for Beatrice Bakery, and – um, I thought we had some great nominations. We also got uh, an, a, another nomination uh, that was done on the ticketfm.com. So you can nominate folks uh, for a care package on uh, the ticketfm.com. There is a tab that says Beatrice Baker. You can put that in. Um, we had some interesting um, nominations yesterday. Um, this one came in, and I want to I want to share that this one. Um, the category is community member. The nominee's name is Dr. Shelby Carter of Morgan Chiropractic and Acupuncture. In this space, do me a favor, do us a favor, and tell us why you're nominating this person. What are they doing? If it's somebody that has, that you know, they had a good day, bad day, they're covering for other folks, they're going through a tough time. They're having a really good time. Uh, somebody that's in service, somebody that uh, first responder, somebody that uh, goes the extra mile. So, if you would do that today, we will uh, we will deliver a care package courtesy of Beatrice Bakery. Um, we did a sampling yesterday of the vanilla rum cake, and we cut it up in slices, and it's gone. It, it went pretty quickly. Um, the chocolate uh, fruitcake also got. So well done, folks. We will put something. I think today we should put the the uh, apple streusel up. And if you come into the ticket right there on the, on the, at the reception desk, you will have slices of apple streusel from Beatrice Bakery. And you can come in and make a nomination as well. Put that through. And we will do something nice, courtesy the folks at Beatrice bakery last night uh we watched uh the huskers uh, battle right battle okay rico so you see that text from matt if you can jump on that yeah it was from yesterday matt that was the whole thing so he, rico says he reached out let's see if we can get that connection made um we watched the huskers battle for 36 minutes and then they failed um and this uh in this space Honesty is allowed. Now I will uh, read a text that was just was just sent in and 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 answer it. Uh, Tom says, and again, you guys hit me with a what's up, DP. Just be a be 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 considerate and saying hello and and let's have a conversation. Treat says, what's up, DP? What's up, Treat? Uh, at home, sick with a sick kid today. Uh, we're sending uh, healthy prayers to you, young man. 
Uh, so for the first time, first time catching you guys since schedule changes, miss listening to you and Jay in the afternoons after my day of teaching was always a positive part of my day. Jay, our Bills are going to crush the Pats on sun, on Saturday. That is for you, Rico. Time to make a hot food challenge with Rico. Let's go Buffalo. <laughs> I think Rico has tapped out of the food challenge business for <laughs> the immediate future. I think I wouldn't say I've tapped out just yet, but uh, I think I might have to give it a, a, a couple of couple of weeks. Some recovery is quiet. Yeah, required. something like that. Yeah, you're, you're entitled. You're entitled. That 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 was you know you, you took your gut punch, man. You took your gut punch, and mad respect for you going through it. I am not in a good place right now, <laughs> I, bro. Like I I I see it. I understand. I know what yeah, we know what you went through. Like I get it. I totally get it. Um. Also from the text line. So, and again, it's a simple respect thing. But on the text line, I was, I've was i been accused, and here's the quote. Uh, it, it seems as though DP cuts the men's basketball team a lot more slack than the football team based on past comments I've heard DP make. Why the double standard? Now, there's several people that want to say that. Uh, both the football team here, – here's some facts – both the football team and the basketball team have not been good enough. Both the football team and the basketball team uh, deserve to have the coaches not only questioned, but evaluated. 3-9 and nine and 6-11. and 11. Those are the records. That's for both of them. Folks were screaming to fire Scott Frost. And uh, I've said this publicly, and I'll keep repeating it so people understand. I'm never rooting for a coach to get fired. Never, ever, ever. Holding coaches accountable is always required. So hold Fred Hoiberg responsible. Hold him accountable. Ask for better. A lot of what happens is the conversation becomes, you know, name calling. Well, uh, this team is what's the thing? This team is lazy, and is it okay? I don't know if the team is lazy. So, not my job to determine whether the team's lazy and, and speak about them that way. Last night they fought hard. They played against a top twenty-five team and they battled, just like when the football team played a top twenty-five team and they battled and they got close. And then there were, as I would say on a regular basis, an accumulation of small details that lead them to 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 not being able to win those games. Both things apply. It applies for both football and basketball. There's no double standard. There's zero double standard. Six and 11 is not good enough. Six and 11 is not good enough. Three and nine is not good enough. Now, if it is good enough for you, you know, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll leave that alone. I'll put that, I'll put that down. But if you as a fan are telling me that 3-9 and nine for the football program and 6-11 for the basketball program are good enough and you're comfortable in that, that's on you. I, I've made it clear. It's not good enough. I would talk about the baseball program, but the Big Ten champions they won. I would talk about volleyball. When the volleyball team was struggling, I said this, give them time. Yeah. So – through all of this stuff, coaching is a process in which you find your way through. 
Sometimes it's convenient. Sometimes it's easy. Sometimes it is not. Sometimes it is not. Rico, can you cue up his his music? Yeah, give me a second. Uh, Jesse on the text line says this. I've also been saying this for a long time, DP. Uh, firing a coach after a couple of seasons isn't going to make a difference. You can continue to start over every three or four years to build a program. Now, if if the powers that be see progress, then that would be their reason. If they the powers that be have to deal with their adjustments in space, right? That they feel like the the you know Scott Frost, Fred Hoiberg are are, are, are adding to the program. Well, recent additions will say you at least took some steps to move forward, but that, that hasn't been the case. That hasn't been the case. And as a fan base. Um, at what point from the text the text line? At what point does accountability necessitate firing? That is, I, I would leave that to the fan base. It's the Raiders one. That's what we're looking for. Yeah, this computer is being very slow today. That's yeah, a Barry can wait. He gets it. At what point does accountability necessitate firing? Well, again, I leave that for folks. But I, I'm a member of the club that. I would never root for uh, a coach's firing. Not from not from that aspect. Um, behavioral things, yeah. Uh, wins and losses is relative to what people are trying to accomplish. If winning is the ultimate goal, I've asked the question, what's at the top of your pyramid? What is priority one? If winning is the priority and you're not winning, then that's the accountability. If you're not winning, that's it. Speaking of winning, Rico, if you would, please. The autumn wind is a pirate, blustering in from sea. With a rollicking song, he sweeps along, swaggering boisterously. His face is weather-beaten. He wears a hooded sash with a silver hat about his head and a bristling black mustache. He growls as he storms the country, a villain big and bold and the trees all shake and quiver and quake as he robs them of their gold the autumn wind is a raider pillaging just for fun he'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won and one and one and one winning is required it is a part of the, it is a part of the right it is a part of the process it is a focus folks just have to figure out what it means to them and how quickly it reaches them let's bring in Fairfax Football Academy's Barry Thompson BT what's happening the autumn wind is taking us to Cincinnati baby look at the raiders go <laughs> look at you go you're having yourselves a, a week yeah it look that was big right that that yeah, we we were talking to 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 Husker fans again. Basketball program, football program. Yeah. it's in the I state heard. that it's in, right? You're you've been a part of 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 winning programs and losing programs, and there is a fine line when it comes to accountability, because people don't identify or state out loud constantly the priorities of these programs. Yes, and I think Jay hit on something that I believe in too. So you're you're correct. First things first. What, what's the objective, right? you got to 
I always say there's no vision without there's no leadership without vision. So whoever's doing the hiring, that's there. This is what we want our program to do. The to Jay's comment, what and I've said this before, what's really t- difficult, and I think the NFL football season for a lot of fans is proof positive of that, is it's it's extremely difficult to to recognize when things are getting better and when they're getting worse. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is that winning and, and winning covers up a multitude of sins, right? You can win and do things really poorly. And then losing, you tend to go too much in the other direction at times, right? The, the, and the reality is the margin between winning and losing is, is a really small, fine line. And, and that is a constant across all these competitive sports. So, you know, Jay brought up the, uh, the thing about the – Two more wins, right? There were games that were at the end, right? We visibly see somebody miss a free throw, mm-hmm. right? Right. Okay, but but you can go back, and, and, and Joe, Joe knows this too, right? You can go back through that tape and find probably 10 points that were pissed away, right? It was just that moment that the free throws were missed. Right. What about the, what about the moments that, that keep you out of that moment that were – that were correctable errors, that were doable, that were taught, that weren't executed. And and that's why this process is so difficult. Make clear, DP, correctly so, by defining what we want the program to do. Now, the other thing in this misery thing, they've got a lot of talent on campus. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no question they got talent. So if I'm going to go through some misery, you know, at least I want to know that i got talented players there. I'm getting closer to where I want to be just by the fact that I'm getting these talented players here. Right now i got to figure out how to mix it up, how they win, how they play together, all that stuff. But, man, you'd hate to be going through the season and you just you knew you didn't have players that could compete. Right? That would be a hopeless situation. Yeah, the, the difference in those, like we've been in those spaces where – We've we've been asked to reset the GPS for where programs and teams are going, right? And there's a difference between doing that, re, redirecting a program versus recorrecting a team, redirecting a team. Because the team is that season, that group of players, location, direction, et cetera. The program is the continual flow, the, the placeholding and the standard for which each team will be measured. Right, that Correct. that to go through Correct. this thing. So, when you're talking Nebraska football, it's one set of standards. When you're talking Nebraska basketball, volleyball, baseball, they're different sets of standards for the program because the program will tell you what's allowed by what they leave in place. Right, yep. the, right the next group, yep. right, the next group, you know, oh, is is this going to be better for the next group or worse? And I'll ask you, if you, you've you created organizations, football organizations, basketball organizations, what's the priority? What are the top three things at the top of, 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 of the list for things that coaches have to be accountable for? Well, if you're, my experience is you, you have to be really accountable for the structure that you put in place because that's the only thing in the beginning you can control. If you're coming into a situation – most of the time, the reason you're coming to the situation is that the situation is not good. There's just a lot of things that aren't right about it. Those things tend to take time to get figured out. You know, whether 
let's talk about scholarship level. I, I happen to know a coach at the Division One level, intimately, and sometimes money's in the wrong place. It's being given to the wrong people. Mm-hmm. That takes a little while to unwind. Um, budgets may not be what they need to be to be competitive, to hire the right people. That takes a little time to, you know, to get on track. But what is controllable is exactly how you're going to do things and setting the course and direction of which you're going to go and making it clear and doing it with integrity. That Now, no, no matter how you do that, whether it's through communication or whatever it is, that has to be done. That this is the structure that we're operating in. Here's why we're doing it. Here's the direction that we're moving in. And that alone tends to provide a level of clarity that tends to propel things forward. Because once you set that course in that direction and you set up that structure and it has integrity, there are a fair amount of people that were in the old way that that don't want to go along. And they get real uncomfortable. And, it, and it, it's probably not – it's probably more due to human nature than their personality. People in general don't like change. And so whether they're good people or bad people, once you start to change, there's going to be a fair amount of resistance, and those people have to go. And that alone kind of starts to propel something in the right direction. Now, after that initial push, right, that thing has to have some substance behind it. It has to start winning. It has to start moving closer to winning or being whatever. But for me, it's the structure. How are you going to go about your daily business? What are the standards you're going to set? put in place, you know, how are we doing it? And then you've got to get everybody in that program or near that program perfectly aligned all the way down to the guy that empties the trash cans or women, woman that empties the trash cans at night, that they all know that this is going one direction. When when we're talking to Barry Thompson, Fairfax Football Academy, when the direction becomes unclear, when the GPS is unset, right, there's a, a sequence of things that happen. Chaos ensues. Uh, accountability is 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 muddied, right? And then the ability to stop it and redirect it. We don't know what Nebraska basketball wants to be next. So you're six and eleven, and you just faced a top twenty five team, and your your dessert is another twenty five top twenty five team coming who have their own agenda and own priority, what should be the focus for a basketball team that has difficulty rebounding uh, for spotty shooting? They shot 50 from three last night, so we can't be mad at it. But to be able to play up to the level of more talented teams, how, how what's the next step, Bear? If you're facing – Well, if I was stepping into the room, you know, and, and it could actually – Coach Hoiberg's doing this stuff, but if you're asking me on the radio, watching this group, the thing that has bothered me about them all year is they allow people down the middle of the floor. That's just my pet peeve, right? Right. So defensively, I'm going to tell them, hey, if you allow anybody down the middle of the field, that unit's coming out. I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't understand the value of holding on to somebody or a group of people who aren't doing it right. I can get somebody else in there and not do it right. And so I, I, I want to see that kind of reaction out of my guy right now. I know there's a reality, of, you know, big, but I'm just a little, little coach here sitting in the parking lot, getting ready on football field. This is how I would talk to him. And, and this is what I'd want. We're just not allowing it. If you come, if, if your unit allows it, I'm coming out. I got another five that I can put in there that can do that same thing. 
So defensively, I want to force people to weak areas of the floor for shots, nothing down the middle. Do that, I think we've got another whole thing going on. Offensively, I haven't been watching this close offensively, but, man, in the beginning, it seemed like they really had a trouble sharing the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I, I don't know why that is, but it, I would bring up all the film of all the one-pass possession misses that they've had, and I would start to add them up and just see all the points or opportunities of drink, and I would put those against all the multi-pass possessions that we had and our percentage of making buckets. And I drive the point home. I said, you want to play this way? This is the result. You want to play this way? This is the result. It's up to you. It's up to you. We, um, I've watched you. I've watched you run groups into high, high frequency competitive situations, right? That no situation can show up on game day that, that we haven't been prepped for. And if yes. that if those things show up once, that's one thing. But if they show up consistent consistently, then it's the coach's job to get that thing fixed or at least understood. So yes. how do you go about that? How do you go through rebounding drills to get guys to put a body on and and work at 100% to make sure that there are no offensive rebounds? I'm going to tell you these two things are diametric opposed. When it comes to rebounding and looking at other coaches do things, I remember watching um, Coach Izzo at Michigan State mm-hmm. and him having this rebounding drill where they practically had to put on shoulder pads and they were going after And I remember as I was getting ready to coach a group, I had that in the back of my mind. I wanted to look it up and figure out how to do it. And then I just said to myself, uh, the last group I coached, I said, you're not allowing offensive rebounds. And I, I, it was something that we did every practice. Every time they competed, if you were on defense and you allowed the second shot, you were running. And I, it was a silly, and I hate having players run in practice because I, I don't think that's a good use of time. I can have them run and do things, right, rather than just run. Right. But I would make these guys run. Every time any defensive unit gave up an offensive rebound, they were running. And I remember I had some smart guys. They got to the point where they were looking at me. Like, <laughs> that's, a, that, that's a waste of time. One of the guys actually said to me, he goes, Coach, about this running, because <laughs> he goes, that's a waste of time. And I looked at him, and I said, I know it is. I said, but come up with me, come up with a better consequence, and I'll do it. But we are not allowing offensive rebounds, so get on the floor. Um, and I meant what I said. Like, if he had a better way, I'm not the smartest guy. A better, I would have used it. So between Izzo's drills and between just reinforcing something consistently, no matter how mindless it is, you know, you're eventually going to get the point across or get the people who understand your point. One or the other is going to happen. Yeah, it's it's, and, uh, it's funny, Barry, because because I saw your groups give up a defensive rebound, an offensive rebound, yeah. and. To, to to have every player who was on the floor look over to Coach Thompson uh, yeah. <laughs> and to look they and see, like they knew they, that there was another five knew. coming into the they game. Knew. <laughs> they knew, they knew. And, and to their credit, I, in that season that we're talking about, I think there was only one game where uh, there was a timeout and they came over and I just I simply said to them, you're giving up too many. You're giving up too many. And they got that look on their face and they kind of calmed down. Now, you know, in a game, realistically, there are going to be some, but the, the plethora of them, constantly giving guys, you know, 
my strategy with basketball was just to find a way to tilt the floor in our favor, right? If you can do that, right? So forcing that, you know, weak areas, not allowing people down the middle, getting the ball out to the wings where, you know, those are lower percentage shots, not allowing somebody a second chance shot. And then if I go on the other end and I have my players taking shots from where they can make them, I've kind of increased the odds in my favor. Uh, these guys are taking shots, but these aren't shots that they you know, can consistently make night in and night out. And that's fine. Take them, right? If that's going to be the offense, this is how we're going to do it, three for two, take them. But, man, make the adjustment when it's not falling. Yeah, that's make the, the adjustment when it's not falling. <laughs> it's that part where where yeah. the players know, and you just see, you, you can right. just see the battle, right? That no, we're going right. to do rebounding right. drill, and everybody's neck got fat, and everybody yeah. you know dried their hands because they knew, oh, it's hard hat time. We got to get to work because it was yeah. drilled and drilled and drilled and drilled, and I think it's necessary and to be done. All right, so how do the Raiders do this weekend? They're going to win. What are you talking about? How they're going to do this? I got to ask. You know, I got to <laughs> ask. I got to no, ask. It's funny. We've got these old school matchups in the NFL. The, the Steelers are playing. Who are the Steelers playing? Um, who they have? It reminded me of an old school matchup that they have. And the Raiders, Cincinnati Bengals, a Raiders Cleveland thing. You know, if you go back into the 80s and 90s, that was the thing. And actually, the last time I saw them play live, I was with my two brothers. We kind of converged uh, in around the Kentucky-Cincinnati area, and we want to see the Raiders uh, play the Bengals. So really fired up. I'll be training, but uh, TV will be on. I'll be getting updates. Uh, really, really happy for the Raiders and, and the season that they fought through. Um, it really weird game Sunday night, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was really different. Like, no, you take it. No, you take it. No, you yeah. take it. No, seriously, you take it. Uh, what yeah. are we eating today? What are we eating? Well, listen, I'm going to direct your views because this ingredient list is uh, it's jambalaya. I think it's a great weekend for jambalaya. And if you've never made it before, even if you have made it before, I'm going to really direct you to get the proportions. Uh, on YouTube, there's Paul Prudhomme, P-R-U-D-H-O-M-M-E. Paul Prudhomme, Creole and Jambalaya Classics. It's a long uh, thing, but if you start it right at about five minutes, it'll roll into the ingredients and show you how I cooked it. But... How you cook this bad boy? You get some butter. Are we okay? Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we get some butter and we get some onions and we let those things kind of work their magic until the onions turn a little bit brown. And then there's a Cajun ham called tasso. If you have time, mail order it, find it. It's especially spicy. And if you don't, just get some lightly smoked ham. And once those onions start to brown a little bit, you throw the uh, smoked ham in there, the tasso. And you let that do its thing. Prudhomme's big on building, like, layers of flavor. So if you think about, like, a, like building a lasagna, except it's in this Dutch oven. So after that tasso goes in, then in goes the trinity, which is your uh, green pepper, your onions, and your celery. And you would, like, you'll, you'll get the proportions from him. And, you, and a little bit of tomato sauce will go in at that point. And any time in his cooking that you put in anything that's unseasoned, you season a little bit. So you can pick up. In the stores, he actually has his season, Cajun seasoning. It's called Paul Perdome Cajun seasoning. You sprinkle a little bit of that on, and you let that go for a while. And then you come, and then the sausage goes in. The andouille sausage, if you can find that, or a nice smoked sausage will go in. And then at that point, your uh, chicken pieces will go in. And you let that go around. And then you come in with another layer of the trinity, which is 
the uh, the onions, the green pepper, and the celery. Now, at this point, you put some garlic in, a little more tomato sauce. You let that go. Um, another layer of uh, andouille sausage, and you let that kind of get happy for a while. And uh, if I forget anything, oh, yeah, and you'll add some fresh diced tomatoes at the end. So another kind of representation of tomatoes. And you let that stuff, your pot's going to start looking really good about this point. In goes your rice, and then in goes your stock. And along the way, the whole time that you're doing this, you're scraping the fawns up off the bottom of the pan. So all that flavor that gets concentrated at the bottom gets to get back up in the dish. So chicken and sausage jambalaya is what's on tap for the playoff games. I highly suggest your audience go to YouTube. Find Paul Prudhomme, Creole and uh, Cajun Classics. Go to the five-minute mark. You'll see the ingredient list, and then you can watch how he cooks this thing. If you do it, you will not be mad at me. Everybody's hungry now. <laughs> Appreciate you, Barry. Good luck this weekend, man. Keep, keep up right, the good man. work, bro. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Barry Thompson, Fairfax Football Academy. Yeah, that, is, that jambalaya sounds on point. Sorry, Rico. I know your tummy's. A little, dis- a little, little difficult. It sounds right? amazing. Yeah, it sounds amazing. Barry, Barry's into that. So we'll throw it a break. We'll get back to your text line, uh, and we'll talk more Huskers hoops and football, and we'll get you through until the uh, captain show at 11 o'clock. Download our app by searching 93.7 The Ticket in your app store. You're listening to One on One with DP on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.